This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. This is Steve Goyomi, Editorial Director for Knowledge at Wharton. Today we're speaking with Wharton Management Professor Zeke Hernandez about his new research on how immigrant entrepreneurs influence venture capital investments in their countries of origin. The title of his paper is Mi Casa Es Tu Casa, Immigrant Entrepreneurs as Pathways to Foreign Venture Capital Investments. Zeke, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's good to be here. In your paper, you note that cross-border investments by VC firms have risen to record levels over the last decade, and that this is an important and, you say, also puzzling trend. Why is that? Well, it's important because the globalization of capital to fund startups allows both investors and entrepreneurs to find each other better than before. And it reflects that the sources of entrepreneurial ideas and talent and also capital are more globalized than before. So, you know, even a few years ago, most of the high-growth startups came from just a few countries in the world, like the U.S. or the U.K., uh, Israel, uh, perhaps more recently, uh, but not really uh, reflecting a, a broad variety of source countries. And now we're seeing that change a lot and grow very fast. So that's that's why it's important. The reason it's puzzling is because the venture capital industry is uh, very famously a very localized industry. So there's been quite a few studies uh, before mine, of course, that have shown that uh, venture capital investment is very unlikely to happen within more than about, uh, you know, say, 40 to 60 miles from the headquarters of the VC firm, right? So Silicon Valley investors invest in the Valley, Boston investors in Boston, et cetera, et cetera. And I've actually even talked to a lot of VCs who, who confirm this, right, who tell me, look, I, I really don't invest much outside of where I am. Uh, why does this happen? It happens because it's actually really hard to get information about startups and to monitor their performance, right? So if you think about investing in a publicly held company, you can find their financial statements, you know they exist, but how do you even know that a startup exists, right? And so what Proximity does is it allows you as an investor to find out what new startups are there, to meet the founders and develop a relationship with them before you invest. And then after you invest, proximity is really important to monitor the performance of the startup, to meet, to provide advice when things come up, et cetera. And so, you know, all of this is just to point out that the, the puzzle is that international venture capital investment kind of violates this proximity rule, right? Uh, you invest in a startup abroad, of course, obviously you're very far away, but but to boot, to add, right, you have other kinds of risks beyond geographic separation. So just because countries are different, you take on cultural differences, legal differences, uh, you know, other institutional factors that come just because countries differ from one another. And so, th- you know, that's why uh, observing this is both important, but it's also puzzling to be able to explain that. So what was the main question you set out to answer with this research? Yeah, so I think in line with what I just said, broadly we wanted to know why it is that VC firms would take on the risks of investing in startups from other countries, and importantly, where they invest. Because as we looked at the data, we noticed that um, as uh, as we compared firms, that there was a lot of variation in where they invest. So some invest in Israel, Canada, China, India, right? So how do we explain also the destination of their investments? So that was kind of the the broad thing we were trying to understand. Now, uh, of course, every paper is very specific. So in this paper, we had a very specific hypothesis, which is that one uh, mechanism that explained uh, our this broad question was 
that uh, immigrant entrepreneurs play a really crucial role in facilitating cross-border venture capital investment. And what I mean by that is that the more a venture capital firm, uh, in this case in the U.S., invests in startups that have immigrant founders, the more that firm will later invest in startups located in the country where the immigrant founders are from. So to give a, a, a general example, if I'm a venture capital firm in Silicon Valley, and for a variety of reasons, I end up investing in U.S. startups that have Indian entrepreneurs as founders, then I'm more likely in the future to invest in Indian startups that are located in India. Your study focuses specifically on the role that immigrant entrepreneurs play in this scenario. How do they facilitate these investments? Right. So the mechanism is actually pretty straightforward. I, I imagine most people could guess what we're trying to get at. But you know, an immigrant entrepreneur uh, has knowledge uh, about their home country and connections in that country, right? Uh, so if I'm a venture capitalist and I invest in uh, a startup that an entrepreneur from you know India or China or Israel um, uh, has founded, then over time, just because I interact with that individual, I become exposed to the knowledge and connections of that person. In fact, if I, you know, stepping back a little bit away from immigrant entrepreneurs, uh, we know from previous research that venture capitalists actually source new deals in part from the founders they already know. So now if we go back to the immigrant entrepreneurs, it's not that really shocking to think that a venture capitalist will also source deals from immigrant entrepreneurs. The difference is, of course, that those entrepreneurs will know about business opportunities, not just, say, in the U.S. or in the same country where the venture capitalist is located, but also in their homeland. Uh, and so it's just a way to kind of extend that network. Uh, and that's basically the mechanism that, that uh, we use to explain the, our expectation. So, so what did you find in the study? What were your specific results? Yeah, so in our study, um, uh, it's important to say that we had data on the investments of U.S.-based venture capital firms in uh, Indian startups. Um, and so what we found is that the more uh, a U.S. venture capitalist uh, invested in startups here in the U.S. that were founded by Indian entrepreneurs, uh, the more they later invested in startups in India, right? So the greater the count of investments. Uh, but what's really important is also to note that we found that this effect only happened if the um, Indian entrepreneurs in the U.S. were first-generation immigrants, meaning they had come directly from India. Uh, there was no effect for second or later generation Indians. It might be ethnic Indians, but didn't actually live or spend time in India, didn't grow up there. Uh, we also found some very uh, specific results that are kind of interesting. So, for example... Uh, we found that if the venture capitalist is exposed to Indians from a certain region of India, say West India, it makes more investments in West India than in other parts of India. Or if you're exposed to Southern Indians, then you make more investments in South India than in West India or other parts. And so it seems to be that the exposure is very specific to the to the region, right? That the knowledge and connections of these immigrants are very specific to where they spent time in India growing up. Uh, and the other final result we found is that uh, if you make uh, an investment in India because you're exposed to Indian entrepreneurs here in the U.S., you're less likely to uh, co-invest with a local Indian venture capitalist. You kind of go it alone, probably because you're willing to take on a little bit more risk. Perhaps the Indians gave you information where you don't feel that it's as risky to go it alone. Well, you, you mentioned India as the context for this study. Uh, why that particular country? 
Yeah, so it, it, it wasn't necessarily because we had a, a predilection for India or anything. Uh, the main reason is that just India offers a very good and convenient empirical context to answer the questions we, we had. Uh, so one is that um, unlike, say, uh, immigration from a lot of European nations, uh, Indian immigration into the U.S. is relatively recent. Um, and by that, I mean in the last, say, 30 years or so, right? And so that means that we have a large uh, group of Indians that are either first generation uh, or second generation, but not, you know, we don't have a long uh, tail of history there. And so that avoids some uh, some confounding effects from immigrants being here and, and being more kind of embedded into the culture uh, of of the United States um, in that way. The other thing is that Indian immigrants have a, a substantial rate of entrepreneurship in the U.S., especially high-tech entrepreneurship. And so uh, that's important because we needed enough observations of, of uh, sort of uh, entrepreneurs in sectors that would receive venture capital funding, right? Um there's another particularity of India uh, that actually is uh, really interesting to me, and it's that, uh, remember the result I told you about how we know where the Indians are from? We know if they're from like West India or South India. Well, it turns out that one way you know that is from last names, right? So it turns out that like if your last name is uh, Balachandran, like my co-author, and I should have said that earlier, my co-author on this paper is uh, Sharath Balachandran, uh, who, who is Indian, uh, right, so his last name is from South India, right? But a last name like uh, Nerkar or Patel is from Western India, right? And and these uh, this comes from linguistic and other historical differences that are pretty persistent. And so the names actually allow us to know uh, the sort of origins of these individuals. Uh, and so all of those are, are really good empirical reasons why we chose India. And if we try to do this result with other nationalities, so you take my last name like Hernandez, Right, that doesn't represent one country. That could be, you know, uh, dozens of countries. Uh, so anyway, India was convenient for all those reasons. Unlike previous studies in this area, uh, you looked at firms' interactions with individual immigrants as opposed to the broader immigrant population. Why is that important? Yeah, it's important because um, there were there are previous papers that have looked at how immigrants affect the foreign investments of companies in general. I'm not talking about venture capital, but just uh, direct investment, right? So think of a multinational firm setting up a subsidiary somewhere. Um, I've done some of that work. Uh, others have done some of that work. Uh, but one of the things that uh, all those previous papers have in common is that they looked at uh, exposure to what I would call the population of immigrants uh, from a certain country. So, you know, if, I, um, if I'm exposed, let's stay with Indians since that's kind of our working example. If I'm exposed to, you know, I'm in a place like New Jersey or California that has a lot of Indian immigrants, then that might stimulate investment in India. Uh, but that exposure at the population level doesn't really explain why two firms that say are headquartered in the same location and are exposed to the same number of Im Indian immigrants at the population level might behave differently. So we observe one firm investing in India and another firm not investing, right? And so we need uh, a setting where we can observe a firm interacting with individual Indians, right? And venture capital was really great in that sense because we can observe as, if as a venture capitalist you invested in a startup founded by Indians versus not, and you might be in the same location, but it's that exposure at the individual level that allows me to know if you were um, 
uh, to use a medical term, sort of infected with the knowledge and connections in a way that's going to influence you later. Right. In your paper, you note that this impact on venture capital investment happens with first-generation immigrant entrepreneurs, but not with later-generation immigrants. Why is that so? Right. The reason that's a key finding is just because it helps validate um, uh, that that mechanism I mentioned earlier of knowledge and connections. And it's really quite straightforward, right? A first-generation immigrant has firsthand knowledge and connections, has spent time and has had meaningful uh, uh, business and, and personal experience uh, in India. Uh, and a, a second or later generation immigrant doesn't, right? And so when we can kind of distinguish between the effect of the first generation versus others and find that the effect is primarily driven by the first generation, it tells us that this is really about probably knowledge, connections, experience, as opposed to some, you know, some other like ethnic preference or something um, that, that would be an alternative explanation for why we see this result. You also looked at the role that immigrants play at the VC firms themselves. Can you explain that? Sure. Yeah, this is this is a, a, a little more convoluted, so I didn't mention it at first. But uh, we also wanted to see what happens if the VC firm itself has uh, immigrants in its management team, right? So if I'm a venture capital firm uh, and I have uh, partners that are Indian in this case, right, does that make a difference? And you could expect that it might because... Uh, say, I might be more receptive, uh, more attuned to India or opportunities in India just because uh, I know something about the homeland. And we found that in general, that's true, but there's a twist here. Um, Remember how for the Indian entrepreneurs, we found that it's the first generation that has the effect. Well, for the partners of the venture capital firms, it's kind of the opposite. It's actually the second generation partners that are sort of extra receptive to the information provided by the first generation immigrant entrepreneurs. And the first generation partners, they don't seem to uh, be extra receptive. They're receptive, but there's not like a bump. There's not an extra effect of being a first generation partner. Um, and so we kind of scratched our heads at this for a while. Uh, we don't know for sure, but uh, but a speculation that I have or that we have, excuse me, is that probably if you're a second generation uh Indian, you are interested, you're primed to be interested in the homeland, but you don't have the know-how on your own to make investments. Uh, And so what the immigrant entrepreneurs are bringing kind of activates your interest, right, and and is is complementary to your interest in India. If you're already a first-generation partner in the firm, you have your own connections and knowledge. Maybe what these immigrant entrepreneurs are bringing is more redundant. I, I can't be sure about that, but it's an explanation that seems to fit the data. So, so what implications does your study have for immigration policy? Yeah, so I think that perhaps the broadest implication um, is just that immigration plays a really important role in the diffusion and the allocation of capital across countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to put it perhaps differently, it's just that migration is a leading indicator of where firms are going to invest capital many years later, right? And the reason that matters is because if you're, uh, say, uh, a country, right, or, or a city or, or you know, a jurisdiction that wants to re- increase capital investment, I think this is a concern of most mayors and governors and presidents, right, then, um, you know, one of the best things you can do is have immigrants, right? Um, now, of course, it takes time for this to happen, so it's not, it's not an, uh, an investment with an immediate payoff, right? But 
Um, it matters because uh, in policy discussions, when we talk about how immigrants affect the economy, uh, most of the debate circles around questions of jobs and labor, right? How do immigrants affect jobs and wages of uh, local workers? Do they create more jobs, et cetera? Uh, we don't usually talk about uh, capital, right? But if you think about the economy, the economy doesn't just grow because of labor issues. It grows because there's also capital that's productively invested. So immigrants play a role in that huge part of the economy that is uh, increasing the stock of capital. So that, that's a very broad implication. Of course, the study by itself doesn't make that point, but it's one more nugget of evidence on this uh, issue of capital. Um, then there's another implication that has to do with the issue of brain drain. Um, I think it's a term that is understood, but for those who might not have heard it before, in development economics, there's long been a concern that when a country sends out emigrants, it loses a lot of talent, right? It, it, the, the, the brains get drained from the country, right? And then the country won't grow and develop. Um, so I'm not going to speak to that. There's a big literature that's, that's I think, beyond this conversation. But um, what this study is adding is that it seems to be that, again, in the long run, uh, one of the gains that sending countries get is that they get more capital, right? In this case, in the form of venture capital that helps startups from that country grow and scale and provide jobs. So it could be that, uh, in some ways, emigration can be a form of long-term investment, so to speak, in that... Um, the the immigrants that go to the receiving country then facilitate capital coming back into the country that sent them out in the long run. Again, this study by itself doesn't put the nail on the coffin of whether that happens, but it suggests that we also need to think about that. So what, what question or questions do you think would be good to explore as a follow-up to this study? Well, the most obvious that my co-author and I have thought about, of course, is that um, in this study I described uh, today, we've just looked at whether um, these immigrant entrepreneurs facilitate more venture capital investment. Uh, we haven't looked at the performance of those investments, right? So I think it would be an obvious next step to look at, well, um, do these venture capitalists get greater returns when they invest because of exposure to immigrants? Um, perhaps looking at are there certain kinds of startups, differences in the kinds of startups that receive investment through this immigration mechanism or not. That would be interesting too. And I think we're also aware that um, we have a sample, in this case, just of Indian uh, entrepreneurs and Indian startups and for the reasons I explained earlier, but uh, we should also see if this holds for other nationalities. Like, um, you know, for the U.S., the biggest destinations of foreign venture capital besides India are China, Israel, Canada, and the UK. And so it'd be interesting to see if there's differences uh, in, in how immigrants from those countries affect investment. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Zeke. Thank you. It was great to be here. And if you like what you heard, uh, you can find more podcasts like this on your favorite podcast player. And if you want to read more research from Zeke Hernandez, visit us at knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.